This is my viewfinder. If I had to describe a like a lot of my um, motivation for a lot of the projects I've done, I think probably the best way to say it is that I've was trying to be understood. There's like this, I don't know if it's irony or a dialectic or a paradox with photographers in particular, but I think, you know, most artists is this idea of uh, wanting to be seen, but from behind a camera, right? I mean, I know self-portraiture and stuff will come out of that, but it's fascinating. Like, I, I get it. I, I think, uh, oh, I get this. Uh, you know, art, when it's a communication uh, medium where you're trying to build a narrative or uh, want to express a concept, um, there's always... There's always an awareness that it needs uh, a viewer or an other. You know, this idea of uh, another human being, another consciousness, whether it's an individual where it can be very personal, like, you know, you could have correspondence with a specific person or a, a very broad thing. In some sense, you want somebody one day to recognize that you believe that what you feel is legitimate. It's fascinating now that we're here and we're using cameras. I wonder... Yeah, I wonder just what the role of photography is in even our specific experience, very specifically about uh, reflecting on being second generation Korean or any second generation uh, immigrant. Yeah, like, is photography helping us cope or express or is it just creating, let's call it, uh, new idols to worship? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so true. That's so true. I think like that that's a really good way to verbalize like a lot of my yeah my struggles with with the uh with the photography thing as well like sometimes I just sometimes I just I not regret is such a like it's such a strong word but sometimes I regret like kind of some of the the work that I've ended up kind of getting rung into because now I'm getting the same same kind of requests because oh, people will see and they're like oh well i want some portraits done too like i want to look like this and so like there's there's a lot of like types of photography that i like refuse to do now because i don't want to bury myself into that hole and i have a really hard time with like the the, the idea of like vanity and everything too which makes photography very difficult because you have to make people look good and they want to look good and so it becomes like not very real and I don't know. You know, I wonder, um, especially, this is a little judgmental, but I mean, with all the work you've done with uh, musical artists and 10 at 10 and, and sort of like, let's say broad, broad strokes like hip hop and urban culture, like what, what do you think looking good even means anymore, right? Is it about, do you find like, it'll be different with each of your clients, but is it about self-empowerment or is it about mimicry? It, it's definitely been a mishmash of everything. Like I, I definitely have um, clients or uh, like shoots I've done where I was, I believed a lot in like what the, the concept was or like, um, like when I went to Ethiopia and we were taking photos of the women there, that was something I deeply connected with. Cause it was like, it wasn't about perfect lighting and fashion. It was like taking portraits of real people and um, so like in that instance, it was, there was more of a connection there and I, I believed in the photos for lack of a better way of describing that. When it comes to looking good in a photo, whether you're an artist or not, I feel like it's just too subjective to say. Like everyone cares about different things when they see photos of themselves. Like, like how to say 
what looking good means to someone, it's very difficult for me to pinpoint that. But when you bring up um, specifically like hip hop or music portraiture, mimicry is an interesting word. I feel like mimicry actually does play a pretty big part in hip hop portraiture, um, whether people realize it or not. And even for me, like as a photographer, I'm just thinking now, I'm like, yeah, actually mimicry does like influence a lot of the photos that I take or influences like a lot of the, the style, I guess, that of photos we try to put out. And um, yeah, like with social media, we're being able to see photos and videos of artists or famous people in general, I guess, all the time. And we're always seeing like how they're dressing, what they, how they do their hair and makeup and like the poses that they do and like the type of photos they take. And I think it's like just very natural for us to wanna to follow those trends especially if we really respect that artist and love their music and like want to emulate them in our life and in our own style and stuff like that. I think when someone sees themselves in a like quote professional photo that has like really good lighting and editing or whatever and if it looks like a photo that they've seen in a magazine or it looks like a photo that they've seen of their favorite artist or whatever I think a lot of people really do like that and they do get excited about it at least for a moment because it's kind of like um like glamorous and it's a moment in a different reality you know outside of their everyday life here in calgary or something so i mean i would argue that celebrities themselves even feel the same thing when they get photos taken of themselves too when people like really are happy with their photos like they they really like how they turned out part of that does bring me a bit of connection and more joy to it too because i'm like oh like you know, I created something that they they that makes them feel good about themselves. Photography is just such an interesting thing because it can both be used to capture like a very real moment in time, like show exactly what a scene or a person looks like in that moment, or it can be used to completely alter and change that scene into something else. Like take a photo in a white room, add some colored lights, and then it looks like you're in a totally different space. Um, you you really have to like uh, shut off your brain sometimes. I'm learning that that is actually probably the key to peace and happiness in your life. Is that uh, my struggle is uh, I live in the the wrong part of my brain, and uh, you know I, I was at a uh, that talk with uh, George Weber and Alvin and Scott, and George said this. I mean George is George, but George said this great thing. Um, they're talking a little bit about ethics and in, in that talk about ethics, I think, you know, what we're talking about a little bit of, uh, if not the motivation, at least the self-reflection of, of doing photography. And he's got such great experience. So he broke down, for example, like you are afforded these rights at the Canadian charter, yada, yada, you're allowed to do this, you're allowed. But he's like, you know, at the end of the day, um, the question that he asks himself as a documentarian photographer is, Am I doing my best to show this situation or this person in the best light possible? It's interesting, you know, I I, um, I hope that eventually I can get, I mean, George was great and I'm sure he would get on here uh, pretty quickly, but I hope we can develop this before I come back to him because I want to ask about this uh, idea of, you know, like you brought up the word vanity. I think, you know, what is the relationship between photography and that? has it become so literal uh, and it's so manipulative I mean you know as well as I do especially because you work in digital um, like there's no reality in pictures no, <laughs> no. it's crazy yeah. what you can do with Photoshop that's all that's, yeah. it's crazy 
not only like what you can do, but almost like what's required now. You know, it's if you send something out that's not in some manner, at least minimum processed, people don't want it. They don't want anything to do with it. And I think this is what this philosopher is talking about, how particularly after photojournalism evolved and post-war with all the propaganda, people realized like you can, you can decontextualize and recontextualize any image, you know, there's something distracting and weird about that. Is there something that I should look into more specifically? Like, you know, right now it's pretty broad strokes as far as I have a general idea that there's a cultural relationship, a political relationship, and then with these specific roles, like whether it's race or gender or sexuality or whatever, that are going to come out and, you know, and be affected by photography. But, um, you know, is there anything in your mind that maybe we haven't been able to touch or that might interest you specifically to find guests that might want to poke at um so i'll just share like something that i think about a lot but i don't know if this is in the right direction because it's maybe pulling too far into social media and that might not be where you want to go but i definitely feel like um social media and like our need to post things all the time like is is itself like it's like a result of social media but also i feel like it reflects a lot of like the state of our culture and like how we are as people and i think a lot about how we're always like we need to be seen all the time we need people to know what we're doing all the time and like it just makes me think like in a very bitter cynical way like would you even do that if you couldn't post about it like <laughs> do you even like that that question always comes up to me and it's it's very it's very loud to me right now with the quarantine stuff too because so many people stay at home and yet we're still posting all the time like you can't do anything unless someone sees it it's pretty like it's in, it's very intense and so with that and like maybe with photography and like what we choose to photograph and like what we want to post i don't know if there's something in there but just like there's so much like insecurity and and identity loss i think that we're trying so hard to like salvage it through social media i don't know no it's it's great i love it because i i'm very bitter about social i i've uh, i'm just so off social media in general uh, even more so during this covid crisis just because um, you know information and news is so mis communicated what i hear which is something that i have been planning to kind of poke at in general aside from attacking social media which will be fun is this need for some type of external validation uh and this performance sort of uh, culture um one of the metaphors this uh, philosopher his name is willem fusser brought up and I, i'm not a scholar of him i just found him so i'm i'm probably misunderstanding a lot of his work but one of the lines that I thought was fascinating, he said, uh, historically, the intellectual class, because it, you know, it wasn't as accessible as it is now, um, you used to have to leave a place of isolation and bias and go to a public marketplace to find knowledge. So, you know, whether that's enrolling in a university, um, but you had to take action, right? Or going into uh, a coffee shop, for example, in the 17th century or something, and uh, or a cafe, and um, having to sit in front of somebody that you likely are going to argue with um, 
And out of that is birthed some form of culture, intelligence. I, I, I don't know. I, there's weight and, and uh, interpretation there. But one of the things that's changed, and I think this reflects on social media, is you don't have to leave your house anymore. And now information is permeating your isolation. And we're not really left any time for ourselves to kind of like figure out who we are anymore. Um, I think photography plays a huge role in that. I think that if we had a social media that was sending you poems, you know, I think it'd be different. <laughs> or academic texts about, you know, uh, you know, assessments of our current uh, geopolitical state. Nobody would fucking care. But you get a picture of uh, food or a bikini or a buff dude or something, and there's something primitive going on where um, it's uh, anguish. There's something there that's driving people to, and maybe idolatry is the right word, like we're worshiping these things. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think that's something I, I'm going to focus on. I think, I mean, to be honest, I think we're kind of poking at it in general with this conversation. Okay. I'm going to stop stealing your time. Okay. It's good seeing you. Yeah. Nice seeing you. Tell Helen and I said hi. I guess uh, for admin, how do we find you, Esther? So I do have a website, www.estherchoephotography.com. There's that or just email me, estherchoephotography at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram, but I don't really check it anymore right now. So just probably email is the best. Thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, you know, I think you're awesome. So keep doing awesome stuff. It's nice hanging out with you again. It's been a really long time, but I really appreciate it. Yeah, I think this was a great talk. For sure. I'm interested to hear how what how the other convos go. Let me know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, <laughs> yeah. we'll see what happens. Okay. Okay. Well, Talk to you I'll later. Have a good day. You okay, too. Bye. Bye. Okay. So what have I learned? Being a woman, being Korean, being an artist, all of these things interplay. It's too much to suggest a single line between intent and actuation. Can I evaluate the birth, expression, and interpretations of Esther's work? Of course not. But I do hear a few interesting thoughts. One, the influence of photography and let's call it realism is uh, real. The projection of images as reality can be powerful and used not only positively and negative in a broad sense, but personally as we can, as individual audiences, also translate whatever we see for ourselves. Still, as artists, we have both an internal impulse to share and create narratives. Is there something that influences both the stories themselves and the manner in which we communicate? Can, for example, the struggle of a Korean woman be expressed in a universal way? Or perhaps more to the point, has photography influenced what a Korean woman feels they should struggle with? Are we projecting the idea of what it means to be, I don't know, liberated, free, and above ourselves? And who is in, and who is in control of that messaging? On an artist-by-artist artist level, there is simplicity and integrity in images such as these. Whether you agree with or get the message contained, I think we can at least agree that there is no insidious or manipulative intent on Esther's part, but there is also doubt. Now, what does this mean for me? When I create, I'm often without such a defined narrative. I'm of the ilk that moves more intuitively. When I shoot, I'm aware I want to capture sequential frames or I'm moved by certain impulses. This is why I lean so deeply into the so-called street or candid photography. Moments happen randomly, seemingly, and are personal in that I am the one noticing them in that moment. 
even if the images can be derivative or played out. When I build images, I don't have specific stories in mind. The strongest series that I had a specific goal was one of my original sets of trying to make Calgary seem more luminous and metropolitan. I've attached images to my blog post. Here I didn't have a specific theme per se. The color palette developed on its own. It wasn't a conscious understanding of wheels or tints. I just played around with sliders and layers and all the fun doodads on the computer program. I did have the intent of focusing one specific item, for example the Calgary Tower, but how the movement played itself out was down to a more random process. Today I find myself less inspired by such simple acts. I've either become too random, or uninspired, or too focused, uh, maybe on pleasing an audience. The results have become tiring, and I have become exceptionally self-critical. I have thus started to lean to traditional photography in its attempt to freeze moments in themselves, with minimal interference by my hand in post-processing. I've had mixed results. Becoming friends with the strong photography community here in Calgary and its own traditional roots helps, but I find myself comparing images too much to what exists and devaluing my own results as repetitive or derivative, even if they appear without a conscious idea of moving towards them. Let's go back. What does this mean for me? I've never explored much of my own position in society, at least not in art. A few recent racial confrontations here in Calgary have made me both scared to shoot publicly and uh, I've been assessing my obvious minority status here, but they have not spurred me to develop an art project. I wonder if this comes from my already privileged status as a heterosexual, cisgendered male. So despite my being a visible minority, I can still hide in the fact that I'm with the general type. In reflection, this seems a failing, a burrow to hide in, especially because I'm clearly not without my own opinions, agendas, biases, or crosses to die on. Perhaps, like Esther, I need to face some of these ideas. This podcast blog is a start, of course, but when aspiring on this next potential project, I'll also have to be very wary of whether the concepts which I believe will express whatever opinion I project will be pure, for lack of a better word. That the position I realize will be the best reflection of my true self and therefore of my true intent and integrity. So that even in the face of any criticism, I can make the conversation very simple. That whatever I've created in whatever manner in which it is seen, consumed, or reflected is still, in its essence, some form of a truth for me. <laughs>